Today we're continuing our, our sermon series with this idea of struggling or struggles. And today we're going to talk about this thought of struggles with faith. Um, you know, faith is something that is, as I look through the scripture and as I looked at the concepts and even went through my concordance to find the word study on faith, faith is not something that is really mentioned a whole lot in the Old Testament. It is a New Testament, but in the New Testament, once that happens, man, faith is mentioned a lot. There was like, uh, on my, in my uh, concordance, there was maybe, maybe 12, maybe 15 references to faith in the Old Testament, but there was like almost a page and a half in the New Testament. So this concept of faith is, it relates to this element of faith in Christ. Now, I'm going to kind of use some analogies today. I'm going to use some, some examples and illustrations. Some of you may have noticed that puzzle pieces are a big thing for us. If you haven't, you're not paying attention, okay? Um, they're on the back wall, they're in your bulletin, they're on the front wall. Why is that? Because we believe it reflects our purpose and our mission. Our, our, we want to be a peop people that connects people to God and connects people to others. And, uh, and part of that idea is we're connecting to God and Christ is in the middle of everything we do. And so we're so excited to, to have that as our theme. And today we're going to talk about puzzles. We're going to use this visual of puzzles that helps us. And how many of you like to put together puzzles? Yeah, there are several. Several people like to put together puzzles and such. I have a puzzle out here. Um, I've not gotten really far at all on this. But typically what we do is when we start putting together puzzles... We typically want to do one of two things. We start separating colors, don't we? Because we understand that all the colors, if it's orange, that might be the tiger, the box. It might be the box. 300-piece puzzle right at the bottom. Um, that would be easy, right? We also do, the other thing we do is we look for edges, edge pieces, because we want to frame the thing in and, and see how big this thing is. And I, the first thing I always go to is the copyright because that's the easiest piece to find, right? Because there are two pieces here that say copyright 2007, and then the print keeps going. So I'm like, oh, that's an easy put together. And then I feel real good about myself. I got the first two pieces put together. That's awesome. You know, my grandmother liked to put together puzzles. She put together this one. This is a puzzle that she did for me. Um, I know we have blue lights up here, but uh, the sun has helped this become more blue. Uh, over time. I've had this for quite a few years. She put together this puzzle for me and uh, kind of my grandpa did his thing and framed it all in. And, and this is very special to me. And, and uh, she loved to work puzzles. I, I remember uh, going into her house. She had a table with, and she, that, that's what we'd get her for Christmas every year was a puzzle, a thousand piece puzzle. Grandma liked those things. I am not a thousand piece puzzle person. I don't have the patience for that. Um, I'm about a six piece puzzle person. All right. Um, I can put it all together, kind of make it happen. Hey, there we go. When my kids were young and they had puzzles and they all had different things. And here's the other thing that we did. They had the thing with the, the cardboard on the back, those kind of puzzles. And you trace the outline and you're like, oh, I don't even have to worry about where this goes. This looks like that piece that goes there. It's so cool. I love that. This thing right here, this is hard. These are hard. This is only 300 pieces. And to me, this would be super hard. It'd take me all afternoon probably to do this. Um, and so this idea of putting puzzles together, and, and no matter how you do it, whether you do the, the colors, whether you do the, the start with the edge pieces, there's one thing that you have to have when you're putting a puzzle together, and that's the lid. Because if you don't have the lid, you have no idea what this puzzle is going to look like. 
You have no thought process. You could, you're just aimlessly kind of working around here. And if I didn't know that this was tigers, I'm like, oh my goodness, what is that? That looks like the sun. No. That looks like Bysville water. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, you know, there are, if you don't have the lid and you don't have the framework and you don't have the picture, you can't really see putting together that puzzle is going to be difficult. I think sometimes that's the concept of living by faith, and I think that's why it's so difficult and frustrating for us. It's because, you see, God has this. We don't. God has the end picture. He knows what the, the thing's supposed to look like at the end of your life. We don't have that. And so it becomes hard for us to say, man, where, where do I want to put this puzzle? How, how, how's all these pieces fit together? And, and today I want us to talk about this idea of faith. And, and we're going to talk about struggles with faith. And I, I would love to tell you that on the board I'm going to have like three points in a poem and it's all going to be great. And, but but in t- honestly today I'm going to throw the scriptures on the, on the screen and, and we're just going to talk. Is that cool? No? Okay, well the rest of you just... Just kind of enjoy what we're going to do, all right? Um, Sit back and relax. It's going to be fun. Turn with me to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 11. Praise God. I'm going to take it that that wasn't a no. That was a go. So go. Here we go. Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to begin reading in verse 1. Anytime you talk about faith, anytime you hear the word faith, typically your mind probably goes to this chapter. Many people call it the faith chapter. And, and so we're going to talk about faith as it relates to this chapter a little bit. Then uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I want us to jump down to verse 6. Can we do that today? Let's jump down to verse 6. It says this, And without faith, it is impossible to please God, for he who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Father, today I pray again, Lord, just help us. Let the word of God come and speak to our heart. Let the Holy Spirit do his work this morning. Do something great in us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the scripture in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 It says, without faith, it is impossible. It doesn't say that it's highly likely. It's not not usual, but it's impossible to please God. Why is that? Because it takes faith in order to surrender your life and your heart to Him. We sung earlier about this idea of a heart abandoned. If you're going to have a heart abandoned, that takes faith for you to be able to say, God, I don't want to live my life for me. I want to give my life to you, and I'll let you orchestrate your puzzle of my life together. I like to talk for just a minute about people that I would probably consider pre-Christians. Can we do that? And that's kind of a label that I gave. It's not necessarily a, you're not going to find that probably anywhere, but I would just say pre-Christians. And these are people that haven't made a commitment to follow Christ, but they're searching. They're, they're thinking, they're processing the idea, and whenever they start to do that, they usually have a lot of questions, and some of their questions go something like this, and we've had kind of the opportunity to, uh, to talk about with someone here, uh, e- even this week, about this as, as relates to this idea, and, 
And their questions go like this. If God's good, why did this have to happen? If God's so good, why, why do people have to suffer? If God's this amazing God of love, how come there's so much hatred in the world today? What benefit is there for me to give my life to Jesus? And so they search. I don't know if there's someone here today that maybe you're falling into that category. Maybe you're even watching on our website today or um, on video. But I want to briefly ask this question. Have you ever seen a robot? When I was a kid, I, I said this in the first service. When I was a kid, I, I'm going to date myself a little bit, okay? When I was a kid, we watched a cartoon called The Jetsons. Anybody ever seen The Jetsons? Meet George Jetson. Judy, his wife. Um, they had a, his boy Elroy, yep. I'm, I'm glad you're with me. That's awesome. The Jetsons had a maid that was a robot. And one thing I noticed about the robot, and whether that's in the Jetsons or, or whether that's in other movies that have robots and things that, that work for people, is we like to portray robots with feelings and the ability to process things. But in reality, can I tell you, a robot does what it's told to do. It does what it's told how to act. It, 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 whatever you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. And God, because of his desire to have a loving relationship with us, doesn't want us to be a bunch of robots. He doesn't want us to serve him because it's just programmed in us, that's what we got to do. He wants us to come to him in love. He wants us to come in him with this idea of faith that says, God, I want you in my life. I understand you have a bigger picture for me. I understand, God, that you have a greater plan for my life. And God, I want to surrender my heart to you because of that. You know, Jesus is God's way of saying, listen, I've made all the concessions to have a relationship with you. I sent my son to die on a cross for you, for your sins. I've made relationship free. I've made salvation free to anyone that would desire to choose me, to choose God. But to be able to get there, it takes an element of faith. That believing in things you can't see. That idea of the fact that I'm not going to have all of my questions answered. And from time to time, it's going to take faith for me to step out and to make that decision. It says, I'm going to follow Jesus. If you noticed on the, on the t-shirts that we have made for all of those that get baptized, it says, I have decided. And then it says, all in. All in. Because you see, faith is an all-in proposition. Faith is an all-in proposition. We give our life to Christ and we say, God, I want you to set the masterpiece for my life. I'm going to trust you with everything. And that's the pre-Christian thought process today. I, I want to challenge you. If you're here today and you're in that mode, Jesus loves you. Let me just stop and tell you that God loves you so much. And he's waiting for you just to come to him. He's not wanting a robot. He's wanting relationship. He's not wanting religion. He's wanting relationship. He wants you. And that's so cool. You know, but today, maybe there's also some of us, and I think all of us, at some time or another, have had this idea of struggling with our faith. Because at one time or another, we've seen something happen. And, and, you know, let me also just interject this. There comes a time in your life when it can't be mom's faith and dad's faith and grandpa's faith and grandma's faith. It's got to be your faith. It's got to be you seeking God, having that relationship with Christ. And 
Today, if you're struggling, maybe there's something that happened in your life and, and you're struggling with faith, I just want you to know, and we're going to talk about this this morning, you're in good company. In other words, you're not alone with that thought. You know, have you, have you ever been putting a puzzle together and all of a sudden you find a piece and you're like, man, where in the world does that fit? Because it, it makes no sense and, and, and you're looking and, and man, you find a, a place and you're like, oh man, that looks like it should fit right there. It should go, man, that's got to go right there. And if you're put puzzles together like me, this is how you do it. That's got to go right there. It goes... It goes right there. That's where that puzzle piece goes. It goes right there, right? And, and, and we get those puzzle pieces that, that don't fit. And we get those things that, that we don't have an answer to. And, you know, can I tell you, there are some times in life that things happen to us that we don't have an answer for. There's sometimes things happen in life that you don't have. It doesn't fit in with what you, you think. Let me tell you about a guy that's like that. If you'll turn with me to Matthew chapter 11, I'll share about a guy who was just like that. Matthew chapter 11 in verse 2. Matthew chapter 11 in verse 2. It says this, Now when John had heard in prison the works of Christ, let me just pause there for just a minute. Let me, let me just kind of tell you who John is. This is not John the Apostle. This is John the Baptist. John the Baptist, his mother was Elizabeth. She was cousins with Mary, who was Jesus' mother. The Bible gives an account of when Mary came to see Elizabeth after they were both pregnant, and, and Mary told Elizabeth that, man, I have, and she told the account of what happened to her. All of a sudden, John the Baptist, the baby that was John the Baptist, leaped for joy in his mom's womb. There's another account that happens in, uh, earlier in Matthew where John is baptizing people in the Jordan River. And Jesus comes down, and, and John recognizes him, and he says, Oh, man, listen, I shouldn't be baptizing you. You're the one that should be baptizing me. I'm not worthy to even unloose your sandals. I'm not even worthy to, to be standing here in the same water as you because you are the Messiah. You're the Son of God. You're the one that they've all talked about, and, and you're the promise. And, and he's saying all this, and he's seeing all this. And, and I think it's safe to understand that John the Baptist was a believer. He was a believer. But all of a sudden here in Matthew chapter 11, John gets a piece that doesn't fit in. And he says, listen, I'm going to send two of my disciples. And they said to him this, are you he who should come? Or should we be looking for somebody else? Are you the one that should come? Should we be looking for somebody else? Man, are you kidding me? John the Baptist, he's the one that he baptized the Lord. And when he baptized Jesus, the heavens opened and, and the, the dove came down and rested on Jesus. And, and the voice from heaven that said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He experienced all of that. He had a relationship. He knew Jesus. He knew what Jesus was about. He had this faith in the Messiah. And yet in a time when he's in prison, his life is about to end because when he goes into prison, can I just tell you, he doesn't come out. 
His life is about to end. And at that moment, he has this, this thing where he's struggling with saying, listen, are you the one? Or should I be looking for somebody else? There are times in our life, man, I, I look at John's life and I think, man, there, there are times when and that fits me to a T. You know, you think about John, listen to what Jesus goes on. I'm going to read verse 11. It's not on your screen, but listen to what Jesus says about John. He says, very truly, I say to you, among those who are born of women, can I tell you that's all of us? Right? Okay, just making sure you're with me. There is, there has risen no one greater than John the Baptist. But he who is the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Jesus says this. He's got all of his disciples around him. He's got people that have been following him, that have given up everything to follow him. And he says this. He says, among those that have been born, there is nobody greater than John the Baptist. Nobody. And yet John's struggling. He has a moment here where he's struggling with his faith because he got this piece he didn't know what to do with. Sitting here in prison, doesn't look good. Herod's daughter hates me. Herod's wife hates me. And I know I'm getting close to the end. And I've got this piece that I can't figure out. And I'm struggling with what to do. And so many times we, we do that with our life and we get this piece we can't figure out and, and you know what we tend to do? If you're like me, you're like, man, I am not giving up on this thing because I know exactly this has got to fit somewhere, bless God. And so we go through this and there's a whole big puzzle here that's left to do, but I'm going to find out where this piece goes because it doesn't make any sense to me. And so we spend all of our time trying to make it fit, trying to figure out what's going on. And the thing is, is that one thing I've noticed about doing puzzles, if I focus all of my attention on this one piece, it'll get me so frustrated that I just want to give up. So what do I got to do? I got to set this piece down and start working on some other pieces together. Because you see, somewhere along the line, this piece is going to make sense. I may not understand it right now. I may not be able to see it right now, but somewhere in this puzzle, this piece is going to make sense. And God's going to use this difficult thing. He's going to use this hardship. He's going to use this rapport. He's going to use this experience, and it's going to fit right into His plan for my life. But so many Christians get so caught up on the puzzle, the piece that they can't understand, that they forget the big picture. You see, God not only sees the now, but He sees tomorrow. So many times we get so focused in the now, and we lose focus with the now. Can I tell you, there's going to be a time when this piece will make sense. You may not understand it now, but there's going to be a time when this piece makes sense. Jesus responds to John's questions this way, and really he responds with things that we like to hear, don't we? This sounds like revival service when he, when he responds. He says, listen, John, listen, here's, here's what's going on. The blind are seeing, the lame are walking. The lepers are cleansed, the deaf, they're hearing. The dead, they're being raised up. 
The poor are receiving the gospel, and we're like, yeah, that's amazing, that's great, woo! And that gives our, our Pentecostal oh, juices going, we're like, yeah, bless God, that's great. It's awesome. But then he finishes this thought in verse 6. And he says this, blessed is he who doesn't fall away because of me. Maybe your version says this, blessed is he who doesn't stumble because of me. Blessed is the one who doesn't fall away because they don't understand. Blessed is the one who, when they get a puzzle piece of their life that doesn't make sense, they continue to follow Jesus anyway. You know, I look to the Gospels, there are several instances where Jesus tells his own disciples that they have little faith. These guys abandon everything to follow him. And he's like, you got little faith. One such instance is three chapters later in Matthew, and Jesus is walking on the water, and all the disciples are in the boat. And Peter, they, they thought it was a ghost, and Peter says, hey, Lord, if that's you, let me come. Jesus said, come on. Peter gets out of the boat. Come on now. None of those other chickens got out of the boat. Peter gets out of the boat. <laughs> and he starts walking on water. And my thought process is, is I'm reading this from a probably a slanted perspective. <laughs> Doesn't he get a little credit for that? Shouldn't he get some kind of credit for that? None of these other yahoos got out of the boat. And he gets out of the boat, and then all of a sudden, he loses his focus. And when the focus was lost, and it became on the winds and the waves, and he got his eyes off of Jesus, he began to sink, and Jesus comes down, and he rescues him and pulls him up, and he says, oh, you of little faith. Really? You're about to tell me that right now? That got me thinking. That this idea of faith and focus are intertwined. This idea of faith and focus are intertwined. When we get a piece of life that comes at us that we can't explain or understand, it causes us to lose focus on the big picture puzzle. And when you get a piece like that, it'll often, just like it did with John the Baptist, it could create doubts in your mind. Is God really who he says he is? Is he really going to be there for me? Why am I facing this crisis right now? I don't understand what's going on. And in that moment, the idea here is not that you are in a place of questioning. It's in a place that you have lost your focus. You've lost your focus. And I feel like that's what Jesus is saying to John. I feel like that's what Jesus is saying to the disciples. He says to John, listen, if you fall away, if you stumble, if it's because you have gotten your focus off of me and onto your circumstance that has you at the moment. John was about to be killed. Peter felt like he was about to drown. And those intense moments like that, they make us doubt. They make us get our attention somewhere else and and sometimes they even cause us to lose our faith. 
There are times in life when everything's going great. Have you ever noticed that whenever you're putting the puzzle together? Man, there are times when everything's going great. You're like, woo, that piece fits, that piece fits. Woo, man, I am on a roll. Look at all these pieces, man. That is great. I, am, I got all this stuff together. And then all of a sudden you get a piece that you can't explain. A piece that rises up and says this, you got cancer. A piece that rises up and says, your relationship with your family is failing. A piece that rises up and says, your marriage is falling apart. And I want out. A piece that rises up that says, you know, there are things around us that you can't control. There's heartache, there's tragedy. A piece that rises up and causes us to lose sight of the picture. Let me just give you a, a little insight this morning. God not only sees the now, but he knows the then. God not only sees the now, but he knows the then. And if you're going to get to the then, you've got to keep your focus on the then. And don't give up in the now. You may be looking at me and say, well, that's easy for you to say, Pastor. Has that ever happened to you? Nobody's exempt. I'll give you three, just three instances in my life. I was a junior in high school. One of my good friends was out fishing one day, and I get a call it was the next day, and they said, have you seen Billy? I said, no, I haven't seen Billy. Well, Billy's missing. I haven't seen him. Don't know where he's at. All right, we'll, be, we'll, we'll start praying, and we'll start looking. They looked for Billy for two weeks. Couldn't find Billy. He'd been fishing with a friend. Billy was a great swimmer. I'm thinking, what in the world could have happened? What in the world took place? That third week, we got a call, and he found my friend Billy. He drowned, trying to save the life of his fishing buddy, is what they determined. My friend Billy, we were close, man. We used to, uh, he was a little older than I was, but we were big baseball fans, and so we would play catch, and, and the youth group would be doing some activity, and they'd be doing something else. We would always bring our gloves to youth group activities because we just play catch, because it was something that we loved to do baseball guy. Had the same favorite team, St. Louis Cardinals. And I remember it was at Billy's funeral that his girlfriend came up to me and she handed me this. It's a hat, obviously. And I remember it says, it says right here, Bill Wood, May 1989. Took the hat. Obviously, I've had it ever since. You know what this hat reminds me of? The puzzle piece I couldn't make sense of. Didn't understand what had to happen, why it had to happen. And you know, to this day, I'm not really concerned where that fits in. But I trust that God has the big picture for me. And he sees it all. 2005, I was taking a couple kids to college dates. One of them's here today, Pastor Eric. Welcome, man. Good to see you. 
He was with me. He was in my youth group at that time. Got a call. We were heading to Springfield, Missouri. Missouri, sorry. <laughs> Same thing. <clears throat> we were heading down towards Springfield for a college day visit. I got a call that your grandfather's not well. You need to stop and see him. I just saw him two months ago. He was great. We had Christmas together. Man, it was awesome. We, we shared a great time around the tree. We had a great time together as a family. And then two months later, my grandfather's laying flat on his back, and we stopped in that hospital room. They had him in a medically induced coma because he couldn't, there's nothing he could do. I remember going into his bedside. I didn't know what to say. So I stood there over my grandfather and I said, I just want you to know I love you. I looked down and there was a tear flowed down his face. Lost my grandfather about a week later. I don't know why. But God had a purpose. Been times in my life when I thought I'd been through some difficult seasons of ministry. There were some things that were going on in my life. And I looked at God, and God and I had this conversation. I said, God, I'm tired of getting these pieces. I'm done. I'm done with ministry. If this is what ministry is all about, God, you can forget it. I'm done. And my focus went off of the plan. On to the peace. And I looked at my life, and it took me a few months to get through this, but finally, with some prayer and some seeking after God and going after Him with all my heart and, and the faithfulness of my wife and those who love me, they said, Listen, you've got to see the big picture. I'm thankful for people that have spoken to my life that says, Listen, don't focus on the peace. See what all God has for your life. There are other stories I could probably tell. And if we went around the room, you'd probably have your own pieces. You'd probably have your own struggles. You have your own things. And today you say, maybe today you're dealing with that piece and it's hard and it's painful. You don't know what to do with it. And it's causing you to doubt. It's causing you to lose focus and to lose faith. You're struggling with that. And, and you thought, man, why am I even bothering? Why am I doing this? And, and all you're just one step away from falling away or stumbling. And I hope today that you've heard it's okay. You're in good company, but don't give up. Don't lose hope. Don't lose faith. Don't lose focus. Because you see, God, God has this perfect plan. And if you'll hold on, he holds all your tomorrows. If you'll hold on, he knows what the big picture of your life will look like. And one day, it may not be till I get to heaven, but one day I'm going to be able to look at that piece, some of these pieces that didn't make sense and didn't fit in, and I'm going to see how God just goes like this, and he puts it right in there. He says, that was for your growth. 
That was for your, for your faith. That was because of this that happened in your life. That's because of this that I did. And the good news, and, and I look at this, and I think of my friend Billy, and I think of my grandfather, and the two examples I gave, and both of those people I'm going to get to see again in heaven because they serve the Lord. Don't lose focus. Don't lose hope. Just because you got a puzzle piece you don't understand. Would you bow your head? Let's pray. Father, today I thank you. I thank you, God, that, Lord, you have the whole plan. You know our lives. You know what we have, who we are, and you know the plans that you have for us. Your word says that you know the plans you have for us, declares the Lord, plans to give you a hope and a future. But then the next verse says, seek after God with all your heart. To get to the hope and the future part, to get to the plan that you have for our life, God, we've got to be able to have our faith and our focus firmly on you. Holy Spirit, would you do your work right now in Jesus' name? Heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. Maybe you're here today and you would be into that category I talked about earlier, that pre-Christian category. You've not really made a decision to follow Christ with your whole heart. Can I just share a puzzling truth with you? And that's this, that God loves you so much that he gave everything he has. He gave the best he had, his only son, to die for you. Because he loves you that much. And today, I, I challenge you. You're struggling with this idea of faith. And, man, you've got all of these questions. And can I just say it's, it's okay to have questions, but at some point, you're going to have to step out and say, God, I trust you that you are who you say you are and that you love me with an everlasting love. That's what we celebrated this morning with this baptismal service is those people that said, I've decided to follow Jesus. I'm all in, no turning back. I've made a decision that way. And today you're here and you say, you know what, Pastor, I need to make that same decision. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? We want to pray with you this morning. There's someone here today, and that's me. I, I want to pray with you today. Praise God. Praise God. The second, this altar call to finish it up. Maybe you're here today. And you're struggling with that peace. You're struggling with that peace that you don't know what to do with. Man, my family, you don't even know what's going on right now, my family. Man, my, my physical things, you don't even know what God... You don't even know, Pastor Joe, what's going on. I've got all of these things that are happening. My job, my surroundings, my, my school, everything, my friends, the things that are going on. You don't even believe. You wouldn't even believe if I told you. And I, I got this peace that I don't know what to do with. Today, can I just tell you, God knows what to do with that peace. And if you'll surrender it to him and maybe put it down and let him regain your focus today on the Lord, he'll help you through this. 
We're going to stand here in just a moment. Pastor Dustin's going to lead us in a song. If the Holy Spirit's dealing with your heart today, you've got that peace that you don't know what to do with. You've got that thing that's going on in your life right now that you don't know. It's causing you to doubt. It's causing you to lose focus, lose faith, struggling. I want to invite you to come forward. We want to pray with you today. Because there's something about when God's people come together and we pray, there's encouragement in that. We want to do that with you today. You've got a peace you can't, you can't, you don't understand. I thought I'd be farther along than I am right now. I thought that this would be happening better and bigger than it is right now. Whatever it is, you've got a peace that you can't fathom. And God's saying, listen, just give it to me and help me, let me take you back and show you the big picture. Let me show you the big picture. Would you stand? Pastor Dustin's going to lead us in a song as he begins to sing. If that's you and you'd like to have prayer this morning, we'll meet you up here. Come on down.